The following podcast is taken from a live broadcast on Inspire FM. Good morning and assalamu alaikum. Welcome to Inspire FM, uh, 105.1 FM. Welcome to Mother's Planet, a show where there is always something to talk about in a productive and beneficial way. I'm your host, Neelam, and joining me on the show today are my guests, uh, Kurram and Yasmin. Uh, I feel very privileged to have uh, this lovely couple on my show this morning uh, to talk about a much needed topic with you all today. Um, and we will um, delve into that shortly. But first, uh, alaikum, guys. How are you this morning? Waalaikumsalam. Yeah, we're not too bad. Thank you. Yeah, fine. Thank you. And you? A Friday. I, I'm I'm happy because it's Friday, alhamdulillah, mm-hmm. at the end of the week. So uh, the weekend just seems to whiz by, though. So um, I, I'm quite sure I'm going to uh, see much of Saturday and Sunday. It'll be Monday before I even know it. But mm-hmm. God, how are you? I always... Um, I always talk about the weather on my show. So how are you guys finding? And I vowed to myself that when it gets hot, I'm not going to complain because we've had a real miserable winter and we've had lots of rain and it's just been really horrible. So, you know, the sun has really been needed, but it's hot and I'm finding it extremely hot. So I'm eating my words and I am having a bit of a... um, a moan about the weather. I guess it's the uh, uh, typical British way of being. Uh, We're either too hot or too cold. We're never in the medium. But how how do you guys find the heat? How are you coping with the sun? I mean, um, I mean, I like the sun. So, um, you know, I'm complaining throughout the winter. So (laughs) I I make sure I don't complain when it's lovely like this. Yeah. Yeah, I'm enjoying it. I enjoy our walks in in the sunshine and everything. But I do think it's a bit more of a challenge for us ladies with the scarves and everything. Yeah, you know, I think it's a bit easier for for the men to not get so hot as we do. Absolutely, <laughs> but, yes. but it's nice to have some sun. I think it just lifts your your mood a little bit when it's a bit cheerier outside when you look out the window. So, yeah, that's true. Um, and the sun does have that um effect where it does uh, lift the mood a little bit. Um, I I've just been finding that I I open my fridge and I just keep sticking my head in it every now and then just to cool myself <laughs> down and and. That, seems to keep me going so yeah but uh Yasmin I know that you've had quite an eventful weekend last weekend so have you recovered have your legs recovered yeah I was actually surprisingly really worn out by it because I had been doing sort of obviously with uh, you know I haven't been doing too much exercise prior Mm. to this but a couple of weeks before I had been starting to do more walking and, and things like that so I thought I would be fine with it but I'm not sure it was a bit of the emotion of doing the the race for life on Sunday as well um but it did pretty much wipe me out for a <laughs> for yeah. a, a day at least yeah <laughs> which is more than a day but. yeah yeah um but um but I did it and uh, yeah it had a lot of memories for me because I did it with my daughter yeah um, several years ago so yeah it yeah was important to do it yeah, I, I think it's um, amazing that you were able to do it. it it's uh, a 5,000. How many, how many um, mile? what was the distance was, that you did? It's five, 5K, which is um, around three miles. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not, nothing at all, really, but, um, yeah. No, <laughs> so that's happy. a lot. That's a lot, even thinking about it, that's a lot. And and I think, uh, Yasmin, you're allowed to have extended time, you know, of I'm, I'm exhausted. So, I'm hoping yes. you really did uh, use that to your benefit this week where you said I can't cook can't clean can't get on with the house so yeah you took advantage as much as possible so listeners uh, we are uh, live on air we are reaching out to listeners in Luton and surrounding areas through the airwaves at Inspire FM 105.1 FM listeners can also ch- uh, connect through tune in via the Inspire FM webpage. we are also um accessible via the Inspire FM app, which I'm hoping lots of listeners have downloaded. So you've got no excuse to miss my shows now. Um, You can listen to it at the click of your phone. So I'm hoping everyone's connected there. We are also live as an audio on the Inspire FM Facebook page where you must like the show. And also you can leave any comments or questions around today's topic. As always, I am taking in text and WhatsApp messages um, on the studio number 0779 481822 share with
with me how the weather's been for yourselves um, and any questions that you have for my lovely couple this morning. Now, I did mention earlier in the show that I feel very privileged to have both Yasmin and uh, Kurum on the show with me today. Um, they are parents of um, the dear beloved Amani, who sadly passed away earlier this year. Um, and so I'm, I feel really honoured, guys, having you on because um, it's it, it was only early this year and for you to come on and talk about it and talk about your emotions and feelings around this. Um, uh, I do feel very privileged and I'm sure many listeners who are who are struggling with grief and loss as well can can take some inspiration from yourselves this morning. And um, if they have any questions as coping mechanisms and what you do, uh, please do, listeners, feel free to text in on the studio number 0779481822. Now, guys, before I go into my questions and the things that you guys are involved in, can I just get you to uh, pre- briefly introduce yourselves to the listeners, please? Uh, well, my name is Kurum Yarkat. I'm the proud father of Amani Yarkat and two other uh, daughters as well. And yeah, and I'm Yasmin Stannard, and I'm the mother of, uh, of Amani Yarkat and our two other great daughters, uh, Rakea and Maliha. Lovely. I have a Rakea as well. Um, she's my she's my youngest. Is your Rakea crazy? Absolutely. <laughs> in a good yeah. way. In a good way. Yeah. In a good way. Is she the youngest? No, middle. Yeah. Uh, okay. Okay. My Rakea is the youngest, and um, uh, she was born in lockdown. So I had a, a lockdown surprise baby, and I do blame lockdown like everyone else. Anything that's going wrong in the world, we blame the pandemic for it. It's it happened because of the pandemic, and it was because of the pandemic. But yeah, she's just a wild child. She's just yeah. got her personality. She just yeah. turned two last week, and so um, she's just 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 crazy and and I (laughs) yes lots of fun for me yes uh, a lot less nights as well but uh yeah she's she's uh, a character in herself so guys um before we start talking about questions I wanted to for those listeners that were not privileged enough to know um Amani and uh you know meet her um i i never met amani um i only knew her through the social media platforms um that i i could access and and get to know her through there as parents can you just talk a bit about amani what she was like what what, what her interests were yeah um amani was just like a total ball of delight basically you know like from even when she was young like you're talking about your own daughter from when she was young to you know the moment she passed away even sort of thing she was she was just brought so much energy um and she was just she was she just yeah she was the heart of the family um she had the the you know the best smile which was permanently on her face she was just like she just oozed joy didn't she and she just brought, brought joy into everybody's lives as well and she just was the known as the storyteller she could like read her tell a story like with every minute detail included in it yeah. Um, which, uh, yeah, she was, yeah. she was she just, just, a, just a delight. I mean, a lot of children nowadays, especially when they're teenagers, they just don't want to spend time with their parents. They don't want to speak to their parents. Amani was nothing like that. She was yeah. just like, you know, as soon as she was a young adult, she was like a, a friend, you know, and um, she'd share things with us, ask our opinion, give her own opinion. She's quite had a wise head on her little young, young shoulders, yeah. a very responsible big sister that we could entrust the care of the younger two with. Mm. And, um, you know, she, 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 you know, she never really let us down ever, really. She was, we were so proud of her. Uh, she, you know, she was very religious. At the same time, um, valued education, um, achieved a first in her law. Uh, some of you may know she was also awarded her master's in her hospital bed uh, four, five days before she passed away. So um, really an ambassador for a, any young woman you know and mm. um, I think she just had a very contagious personality or charisma about her so you know I do receive messages from people that literally did meet her sort of like just fleetingly in a car or spoke to her for a few seconds at, at, un- at university or college or whatever and it just it seems like that she just had a impact on people when when they, when she met them even if it was just for a very short time um yeah, yeah. so she's a, heard many people contact us haven't they yeah from her old university saying, oh, we wish we'd spoken to Amani, you know, um, when we're at uni, we used to see her 
smiling, laughing, and we, you know, felt too shy to approach her. You know, we're so, you know, upset that we didn't make that effort. She was the most amazing person. And some of them have actually come and visited us. Um, these are people who never met Amani, but yeah. just want to be close to her by, you know, uh, visiting us really, and mm. which has been, you know, really lovely. Yeah, and she, she always just had such a sparkle about her. And I was always, mm. as a mum, knew that life is tough. And I was always worried that something would happen to to dull her sparkle. I was always, yeah, because she, she was just, yeah, just sparkled. Um, but, you know, even though she, she got ill and had such a, a bad time about that, she still re- retained yeah, a, a, lot of her, of a, a lot of her sparkle. Yeah. And I guess uh, she's a real inspiration to her younger siblings when they when they see her. Um, you know her her bubbliness, her her smiles and um, sparkles, as you say, as such, resonates with the younger children. Do do you find that they've taken a a piece of her and the, and they are carrying it through? I think it's very hard for them because obviously they're grieving as well. I think in in in, in I mean they both definitely do do possess a lot of the characteristics that Amani had and that they will you know live on through our other two daughters and we'll you know look forward to see, to see to always sort of seeing that as a reminder as well but um at the moment they you know it's been a very tough two years they've seen a lot of changes in their their elder sister who's always the one that you look up to as a as a younger sibling and their whole dynamics has now changed you know that you know the, the older sister the one that's sort of more of a protector is no longer there um so it's, yeah, it's tough I, on them I think at the, at the moment. moment this, they are grieving, so we're, we're not seeing that at the moment. And the last few years have been, you know, tough not just for us, but for them too. And, um, you know, she was the big sister for both of them. And if they had issues, they would both discuss it with Amani, not with each other, because that's what a big sister's role is. And losing that's left to quite a big void um, in our family. And even changed, the, you know, the, currently the dynamics there because, like I said, Amani was an open book, but most teenagers aren't. And mm. so, I mean, I think it's going to take quite a while for us to, you know, really be able to see the change, the impact that Amani's had on their lives. I know she's inspired others, but they didn't see the trauma that we've seen as a family for the last two years. And I, and I guess that's really difficult as well because, um, as well as the younger siblings grieving, uh, you have to sort of put on a, a stronger image for them to say that this this is part a, a chapter of life and this is part of life as well. You know, we 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 all have to go. Ultimately, we all have to go. And you know, I, I suppose when I was young, we always associated death to being when you're old. It's not something that happens in in your youth. It's not something that happens when you're young. So, um, a, a lot of the children are still growing up with that with that understanding that you you have life and you get old and you you die. And to to then have that not have lived half your life and have it happen to you a lot sooner. A lot of people find that very hard. Even adults find that a very hard concept to come round to. So I guess that process of grieving is going to take them some time to understand that it's not always death's not always associated to age and you know um, where you are in your life. It can happen at any time. And I guess um, uh, you, as a family, it's made you probably appreciate every minute because you now you've seen. I mean, it's easy for me to sit here and say that. Um, oh, you know, it can happen at any time, but you've actually seen it happen at any time in in your with your own eyes. So has that changed the way you are living as such, um, how you are seeing each day? I think. I, I think. think sorry, Connor. Yeah, I think. I think for me, um, I think when Marnie was ill, that was definitely how I saw life: is that every moment was a blessing, and you know, and it just brought such. Um, tenderness or just so, so every moment was just so special because we knew that Marnie had a very limited prognosis um even though we obviously we were trying to fight it and being hopeful that she would be the one that would beat it somehow um mm. yeah so I, I think definitely when you were go, definitely in, for me in that time time period yes I was seeing every moment as a blessing I think now that she's not here that's a bit more of a challenge I think sometimes maybe we'll get to that later I think we're in the for me anyway in the bit of a fog of the of the grief um, which is quite hard to see through sometimes yeah. to these sort of more, um, yeah, sort of outlooks 
But yeah. um, for me, I don't know about you. Yeah, I mean, it's a huge void. I mean, the intensity of your relationship through those two years, you're, you're talking about a young, independent, strong-willed uh, woman uh, just at the threshold of you know, moving on to a new chapter in her life. And all of that changes overnight. And then, you know, you're in a situation where, you know, it's like, you know, releasing a bird out into the world that, you you know, just open up this cage and this beautiful bird's about to fly out. And then, you know, something completely turns it on her head and we turn into full-time carers again for her. And she becomes, a ba- you know, our baby again. And I think that's, you know, very bittersweet in the sense that you want your children to always you know, want you and, and need you, but not like this. Mm. Absolutely. And you just want them to flourish, isn't it? You don't expect yeah. them to, because I always think of that eye in the crown, right? We're told, I'm never good at quoting eyes in the crown, but told, you know, about how, you know, when you get to, we always think it's when you get towards the end of the, your life, you can actually t- revert back to being like a child again. And you always read that and you always think, oh, dementia and old people and, you know, that sort of stuff. And, you know, I just I always think that I never thought that that was going to apply to my own daughter as well. So I think it makes you more aware of the fragility of life, as in how your life can literally turn on a, on a pin drop sort of thing. You can just literally, you, oh, be, yeah. we, you know, we can we, we you know, we're grieving our daughter, but we're also grieving our past life as well of what our life used to be like until that moment that, you know, money collapsed at home and our lives just and, and our lives will never be the same I'm, mm. I'm sure we'll get to a, a, a better point maybe of of coping or whatever but it's you know that's so it, yeah that, that that takes and I think that as we were talking about children as well I think that's hard for the children because I think sometimes when you're young you need that sort of invisible in can't say the word invincibility yeah um to think that you you know you can go on you can achieve anything and it helps you strive to move forward but I think when you're so young to have that sort of the, the reality of what life actually is like sort of so blatantly and you had to live with that for two years I think it's um it can be quite um demotivating yeah really. yeah and I think that's the problem you see it's, as Muslims also we told not to expect you know a long life but um you know when it comes to youngsters they have to have a balance between realizing that life is short but also having a little bit of belief in, in in being invincible because otherwise you would never strive for anything you might as well just sit on the couch and say well death could come tomorrow so i'm not, why should i make an effort so and i think that's what the children are st- struggling with also is like what is the point at the moment yeah. you know amani achieved all of this and where did it you get know, her? We, where did they get her you know ultimately health is everything yeah yeah i i guess um that's a very interesting take on on how you see things that um you you do have to believe that you're a bit inf- invincible and and i i guess in a in an essence we have to be hopeful that you know um health is always going to be there and we ask Allah to always grant us health and 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 but it's a very again and i i feel for you and and i think it's amazing that because it's only been a very short period of time, um, you guys are able to talk about it, so, you know, in in so so much confidence and um, and, and strong willed. Um, so I guess it's very different when it comes to children. They're they're grieving and they're coming to terms with things. It is a lot longer than um, it is for adults. Um, I guess. Um, what I mean, what would what everyone would probably like to hear is, you know, the beginning. What was the trigger factor that made made you question Amani's health? Um, well, I mean, re, I mean, you, you can. Yeah. Okay. So, um, well, she was she. So it was Ramadan in twenty twenty. Um, actually, it was just the week before Ramadan twenty twenty, and she was just having like a week of very dull headaches, but nothing that would she would even take a paracetamol for. She was sort of like just saying, oh, I've got this headache and, you know, she wasn't, she never used to go on walks, but she'd like walk to a friend's house because it was her birthday. She wanted to give her a present. It was obviously, isolated, you know, lockdown, so she could only do that on the doorstep. So she walked to her friend's house. That wouldn't shift it. Um, so it was literally just that. And then I think it, um, it came to the first fast of Ramadan, which she did. And then it was the, um, when we broke the fast and we were praying Maghrib together, um, just in the... Um, she finished the prayer and then she was like, mum, I can't see my peripheral, you know, I can't see out the side of my, my vision has, has, has gone. 
Um, and she was feeling a bit sick, wasn't she? Yeah, she vomited as well, did she? Yeah, I think, I think we did get her to eat something because we were just like, obviously, it's, it's fasting. Maybe you just need a bit more energy in, inside you. And I'm always aware that migraines, you can have like, um, my mum has them and she calls them like blind spots where you do sort of le- lose some of your vision temporarily. So I wasn't really very worried or concerned at all. Um, but she did sort of, um, we got her to eat something, and but then she did vomit that up and she was sort of like heavy breathing sort of thing, wasn't she? She really wasn't feeling right and she just sort of lay down and but the vision came back didn't vision it came back so that was that day so we just we just thought well don't fast the next day yeah she wasn't feeling well we thought maybe you just started fasting and yeah. a lot of people struggle with it and um yeah i think over the next few just, days just a couple of days later um so again it was she was fasting it was, it was her it was her 22nd birthday yeah. um so obviously it was locked down so we were just trying to make it fun at home we'd sort of like decorated the fireplace and um you know we were just due to get a takeaway um just I baked a cake and we just was wanting to just make it nice for her because you know nothing much was going on because we were all just all stuck in our own houses and couldn't see anybody um all of her friends sort of came one by one to visit her at the doorstep and give her um give their presents and then the last one came and Marnie carried on talking to her but when she when they'd finished and she came back in she goes mum I don't feel well again my eyes have got like fireworks in my eyes and and she was like, sort of like um sort of having this sort of funny breathing sort of thing again and so we just, like said you know you can break your fast Marnie you don't have to continue if you're not feeling well maybe you need some water maybe that you know you were ill a few days prior um but she didn't want to break her fast so she goes no I'm gonna go and lay down so she just went lay down she was um sleep her bedroom was downstairs then um so she went and laid down and we were all just in the lounge and then I don't know it was an hour or so later I just heard this really tight slight slight sort of noise in her bedroom and for whatever reason I just like literally threw my phone I ran in there I think I was expecting just to find her being sick to be fair um mm. but when I went in there I just saw that I couldn't work out what I was seeing she was half her legs were off the bed she was face down her legs were off the bed and I was just like, Marnie, what are you doing? I thought, that's a weird way of getting off the bed. What's she, what's she playing? You know, is she doing a joke or something? And then I just realised she was having a seizure. So that's literally, and we just, you know, I'd never seen anyone had a seizure. And it's just the horriblest thing ever to see. So um, you were upstairs doing, yeah. we'll do, because we were getting ready for Mugrib. Um, I think it was my group. Um, yeah. And um, I just literally screamed out some of it to the two girls and they had to come because I was worried that she was going to fall off the bed. Um, yeah. So that's basically literally when our lives turned upside down from that moment on her 22nd birthday in April 2020. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Subhanallah. What, what a sight to see. And that must have been awful and and I know and I don't mean to scare the listeners that are tuned in together because yeah you know with the heat we do get hot you know and and Mm. and dismiss a lot of things and you know we just think oh yeah it's we're dehydrated or it could be this and you know um it's important that we do get these things if it's a prolonged thing uh continuing um I I wanted to ask um uh, is is there any um history of this in the family does anybody have uh, had any um brain um tumors in the family or any wow I think they say but it's not hereditary don't they yeah that's the thing it's not there's no evidence it's really hereditary so um you know she's the first one we know in our family that's um or even our extended family on both sides that yeah um has had a brain tumor and, and even the, the re- current research i think they can't even pinpoint it to any sort of lifestyle yeah. choices or anything like that it's just literally they just say it's indiscriminate it can just literally um, to anyone really. to anyone but but it's rare. also saying that it's rare, yeah. It's so rare. it's not like every. I mean, you know, it is hard now. Even when my other daughters have a headache, I'm just sort of like, you, you, yeah. But generally, for most people, a headache's a headache or a migraine at the at worst, sort of thing. Mm. But um, I think yeah. you just have to look for the other signs as we lost a peripheral vision, yeah. um, you know, and things like that, and um, you know, um, continual headaches. Um, they won't tend to be just a headache. There should be other signs along with it. Um, um and and I guess um so from the moment that um Amani had that first bout of being unwell where you took her in, how how quick was the turnaround in terms of diagnosis? What did they, you know, was it did you have to wait weeks on end to find out what was wrong with her, or did you go in and it was pretty much a transparent that this is what's wrong with her? 
the Yasmin went in the ambulance, they allowed the Yasmin to travel the ambulance. This was right at the beginning of lockdown, so it's the most severe end. Um, the first lockdown, yeah. First lockdown. And um, so the she, Yasmin wasn't allowed in the hospital, and uh, so we had to arrange Yasmin to be picked up, and we just waited at home. So, sorry, can I just yeah. say, because on the, on the way, she actually had, an, had another seizure. They weren't thinking it was that serious, and she had another seizure, and then we were... Um, blue, you know, they put the blue lights on, and we were like very, Spread very, down. very quickly taken to the hospital. Um, so when we arrived, she was actually un- unconscious. Um, but because it was lockdown, they literally just had to wheel her in unconscious and say, "Sorry, go home." So I just literally had to go home. So yeah. Carry on. And then we received a phone call a few hours later and saying, "One of you needs to come in." We yeah. found something on a CT scan, and um, at that time they weren't because mine technically was an adult although she's a very young adult they weren't allowing any carers in and we thought this doesn't sound good um, the fact that they wanted us one of us to be there so Yasmin went in and then I received a phone call from Yasmin saying they found something in the CT scan that said it's a tumor yeah Um, but because it was late in the evening the specialists they're not there so we had to wait till the following morning for the oncologist just like the cancer specialist in in Luton sorry to interrupt Karim I'm so if you can see, we've got um, adverts kicking in in four seconds. So I will continue this after the break. Mm-hmm. Assalamu alaikum. This is Atif Nawaz. Listen to Inspire FM shows in your time by heading over to inspirefm.org or listen on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Good morning and assalamu alaikum. Welcome back to Mother's Planet. I'm your host Neelam and joining me on the show today are my guests Yasmin and Kurum. Salam guys. Hi. I'm so sorry uh, I had to interrupt like that. Um, uh, just the first half of the show just goes so fast and um, we, we were we were just um, talking about how you'd found out about um, Amani um, being unwell from the moment that she had had the seizure at home to then going into the hospital. Uh, so I do apologise that I had to cut you short there the break. Um, and uh, for anyone that just has tuned in, I do have the lovely couple on um, with me this morning who are uh, the parents of the uh, lovely uh beloved Amani who sadly passed away um, earlier this year Uh, we are talking about um, the condition that she was diagnosed with which was brain tumor and uh, they are talking to me this morning about um, well the stages and how and how she was um, diagnosed with this so you were saying that the hospital had called you uh, to tell you that there was something on there, and 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 I, and I have to stress to the listeners, this was in the peak of the pandemic when we had the initial, um, uh, the first lockdown. So you know, people going in and out of the hospital. It must have been extremely hard for you to see her. And as you said, um, Karim, in the early part of the show, that she she she's classed as an adult, really. So you know, having a carer or someone coming to see her was not necessary, especially at that peak. So that madness all going on and then you getting this phone call to say that they found something talk to me about your emotions what happened what what were the stages then I mean I think it's very difficult because um Amani was as well as far as we could see healthy on the outside and um there's not nothing to indicate that she was this severely ill until she had the seizure so when we got the phone call and Yasmin uh, was asked to come in we knew something was wrong because they weren't allowing any um, parents or, or loved ones in the hospital if you're an adult and uh, I remember getting a phone call from Yasmin I was really shocked when she said they found something on the CT scan it's a brain tumor but they'll tell us a bit more tomorrow and um, I just thought because I never heard of cancer in the brain I'd heard of other sort of breast cancer stomach cancer you know, I never heard that it's possible to get cancer in your brain. And at the time they said brain tumor. And I think unless you, you, you know, you're involved in the medical industry as a doctor, you have no idea how little we really know about the body. Mm. And there are so many diseases we can't solve. And I just thought tumor, they'll operate and take it out. Yeah, That's I always, what I thought. I always thought that it's a tumor. So it will be perched on the top of her brain in between the brain and the skull which I know there's not, no, not really space for that that's what I was thinking I thought it'd be okay not nice to have brain surgery but I thought yeah they would just have to cut that out and then literally that was it that's, yeah that was my sort of immediate thought 
what we would have ahead of us. Yeah, and it was only the following day when the oncologist telephoned us. We were all at home by now. We had no idea what was going on. Amani wasn't really communicating with us. Um, and he just said, look, do you know what, you know, brain cancers are, brain tumours are? And we said, look, we don't really know. And he just, I mean, throughout through the conversation, just summarising, he just said, well, basically, he's got cancer in the brain. We think it's the worst sort of cancer. And her, the survival rate is between 12 to 18 months. And we were hearing this all on the telephone uh, without our daughter with us. And we didn't know what they told her, what she understood. Uh, we weren't, she wasn't communicating much. And to be honest, you th- just think you're in a dream world at the moment. It doesn't actually sink in. Yeah. And we were, even after that, we were not allowed to visit her. She was then transferred to the uh, specialist hospital in London for eight days for biopsy surgery and then released without treatment, saying only chemo and radiation because her tumour is too deep into the, in the brain. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she, you're going to lose her in within 12 months. Wow. And for Armani as well, I mean, they didn't go, they didn't talk to her about prognosis, but they did have to go to her bedside. You know, twelve days she was she was having to deal with this all by herself. And actually, before this, she was so she would faint every time she went to a went into a hospital because she really had a phobia about hospitals. So she literally had to deal with this all herself. And she just, I think, you know, for her, I think she just sort of, um, I don't think she processed it all. You know, because the times where we did used to have like video chats with her, she was just she was just a Marnie laughing and joking. You know, she was think she was focusing more about you know how many brownies she could eat and all this sort of stuff, and you know what food she was eating, whether it was nice or not nice, hospital food and everything. Um, and she was just lifting our spirits, but, you know. But as we know, that's Marnie was always always trying to lift everybody else's spirits. But I think as well, I think she literally didn't. We had one text from her where she said. The, the, doc, the doctor came and he's talking about chemotherapy, he's talking about radiotherapy. Why is he doing that? Why is he doing that? And then literally we didn't hear from her. So we were panicking, thinking, oh my gosh, she's really upset. And then next time we spoke to her, she didn't talk about it. She didn't say anything. She did, she seemed absolutely fine. So I think she literally, it was her, it was either she, because of her seizure that she wasn't able to understand or literally she was just blocking it out as a survival technique to, to you know, because it was just too much for her to deal with on her own, you know, in hospital. Wow. Um, it was not easy. So she stayed in hospital, um, I mean, because this is now going back 2020. So she was in hospital um, and um, they talked about giving her chemo and um, the diagnosis and prognosis of. uh, So was she, as far as you are aware, was she aware at the time of this is what the stage is going to be? And, you know, did they release her? Did she come home? What was, you know, did she come back to you guys or was her stay in hospital from there on then? Uh, she after the so she was twelve days in hospital, a um, couple of days in L and D, and then transferred to Queen Square in London. And then um, three days after her biopsy operation, um, where literally she, her head was to, you know good three four inches, bolts or something, fifteen staples in Staple, her head. Um, yeah, then then she then she was um, discharged back into you know back home. Um, and then I mean one I suppose positive in all of it is it, with brain cancer um, treatment. Is apart from the radiotherapy, obviously, you have to go in every day for six weeks, which was horrendous and very, very difficult. Um, but other than that, all, all the chemo and all the other treatment for Amani pretty much was all based at home, just was t- tablet form and everything. So, um, other than when obviously things went wrong, she had to have um, certain bouts in hospital for a week or so. Um, but generally, the rest of the time she was at home, which I suppose because you, you put straight onto palliative care, which is you know, really end of life care immediately. Of course, we don't really understand that, you know, at the moment. And most parents might be willing to accept that. Um, So really what they're they're trying to do is not really treat you because there is no treatment for this cancer. Even the chemo and radio, they said, at best it'll extend her. It may shrink the tumour for a few months, but it's going to guarantee within nine months it'll be growing again. And that's your treatment. So it is end of life care from the beginning. And uh, but we were determined, and Amani was determined to to fight it, and which is what led to us going to Germany and finding other forms of treatment for her. Unfortunately, at the moment, we're not at the stage where they have a cure for the disease. So really, you're just trying to extend it, hoping that a cure will be found in that period. You're trying to extend their life. Yeah, and I think the the, the added complication with it all is that the UK hasn't been investing 
um, you know, adequate um, funds into um, brain brain tumor research. Um, so the actual, you know, the actual standard of care, which is the chemotherapy and the radiotherapy for six weeks, and then um, Marnie would should have been on um, nine to twelve months of chemo if it had worked for her. Um, that's that's their standard of care, and um, that's not changed since the was it sixty years. Now. Yeah, it's, it's, and it simply doesn't work with the Marnie. It didn't work. Her tumor grew during her radio and chemo, so it had zero impact. So what was happening is a lot of families we know, you know, it's not just us and lots and lots of families about having to go to different countries and privately fund, um, their, you know, so we, we found a trial drug in the work for Marnie's specific um, mutation. Um, we found a, a trial drug, um, which, which was a thousand pound a week to, 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 to fund. Um, so we just literally had to, once we realized that the chemotherapy wasn't working for Marnie, literally within just a couple of months, we'd exhausted the NHS treatments in the UK which was, a, again, a real shock for us because you just think that the NHS has all the answers and we're, you know, an advanced country and we think that, you know, medically we'll, we'll be on top of the game sort of thing. Um, but we had to launch a GoFundMe page um, in September, no, August um, 2020. And then, you know, thankfully we, we, we got over £100,000 within 24 hours, which was just uh, amazing, mashallah, but very surreal at the same time. Um yeah, so we were able to get this drug, which, you know, we do think gave money extra you know, months. Extra months. And that's what you're looking for, unfortunately, with brain <clears throat> cancers. If it's a grade four like Amani's, you're actually fighting over extra months, not fighting over extra years. I, I mean, you just said that I was just going to ask that question uh, to you, uh, the Ikarim, that, um, um, you know, uh, cancers we know in the stomach, in the lungs and all, all the other parts of the body and not the brain is do they have stages so was was there a specific stage so the minute Amani was seen was that the top end was she stage four so stage four yeah four stages grade isn't it grade four so you yeah but it's effectively you could almost you know um, substitute the words for stages but it's grade four and um, not only that you have mutations as well so when they do the biopsy hers was really the worst of the worst so she had the worst mutation and the um, uh, grade four cancer. So, and yeah. that's why you have such a poor prognosis. Um, her, her particular cancer is called um, glioblastoma multiforme. Um, and it's like a sp- spider's web. So you have the actual tumor, but then you have like fing- fingers of the tumor going out in the rest of the, inside the rest of your brain. So that's why it's very difficult for them to, to get it under control. Because even, even if they could, which they couldn't in Imani's situation, remove it by surgery, You've still got these sort of like spiderweb fingers in the rest of your brain, which could sprout up other tumors. Which will eventually, um, yeah. yeah. And that's why it's it's surgery is not an answer either. Even patients have surgery, they're told you're still only going to live. You know, the prognosis is still the same because it's a very rapidly um, regrowing tumor. And um, so, really, once we grasp that, I mean, we we were still going to determine to fight. And Amani, the thing was, at the end of the day, Amani could say. I'm an adult. I want to stop all this treatment because it is horrible. Mm. Uh, she's on a 30 odd different tablets every day, supplements, because uh, you'll throw everything at it when there's not a cure. Yeah. And, um, you know, but she was determined, look, I'm going to fight this as long as I can so I can make a difference in other people's lives. And, mm. you know, she survived 22 months. So she beat her prognosis. Mm. Um, and she, I think she, you know, she, now, as even brain tumor research said, who we all, who Imani was working with, is that people are far more familiar with brain cancers than they ever were before Imani, uh, you know, came on the scene. And so Imani's really achieved yeah. what she wanted to achieve. Yeah. You know. She left her legacy behind, you know. She, she fought for something that was, as you say, was not known. And now she fought for it and has made people aware of it. And, and yes, you know, um, myself included, uh, after hearing Mani's um, story, and when I followed it through the social media platforms, I was only made aware of it through that. And the intensity, I guess, because yes, like, yourself Yasmin I thought it was one of those things yep you can just you know plonk it out and you know it's in the brain it's it's going to be the sub outer part of the brain so we'll just you know it'll be it's a quick fix but you didn't you know you don't realize and and I guess for yourselves as as a couple and as a family you've learned so much more about 
you know, you just named the condition that she had because there's different types of brain tumors as well. So you're very familiar with the different terminologies, the different types as well. And um, and, and you explained it very well there, Yasmin, about how, how her mutation was for anyone that didn't understand. So I guess, you know, going forward, you know, how are you as a family coping? I mean, Masha, talking to you and hearing how you have talked about her journey from the moment that she found out, you know, when she had the seizure at home to then being at hospital and then that awful time because lockdown itself for anyone that was in in, in a healthy condition, you know, talking via video to anyone, I I was communicating to my parents via video and it, and I, it felt awful. And, you know, my parents, alhamdulillah, are fit and well, but to then have that time where you were communicating with your daughter who was unsure and you were unsure of how much she knew about her prognosis at the time. And, um, and, and you were talking to her and, and trying to make life normal by talking about other things. I just think it's so inspirational the way you've coped with it and, how you've been able to come on board and speak with me this morning about this. Now, I know we're short on time, so I really want to ask you what you're doing now going forward after the loss of um, Amani. How, you know, what, how are you coping? What, where are you venting out your emotions and feelings? I think um, doing things like this is really, is actually a real positive for us. I think the more we can continue sharing Amani's story, and talking about Amani, you know, I think that's really important to us. And I think that actually helps us a lot. And yeah. hopefully it helps other people as well in the, in, the, in the process, which is, you know, a double bonus sort of thing. Mm. And I, I, sorry, yeah, no. quick before you do that. Um, I mean, obviously we, we get we get approached by so many people sometimes in the street saying, oh, are you Amani's parents? And you know, that just fills us with joy. And, you know, and it just is they're honouring our daughter's memory. Sometimes people are a bit reluctant to approach families and, Oh, I don't want to, you know, I won't mention anything to them about Amani uh, in case I upset them. But what's more upsetting to us is if people stop mentioning our daughter and we, we in our mind think that people have forgotten her. Nothing makes us happier than to hear people say, are you Amani's parents? So, you know, she's the most amazing person. And, you know, just because other people have forgotten, let us assure you that we never forget Amani. She's the first thing we think about in the morning and, you know, throughout the day and the last thing we think about at night. You know, and so I think for people, they shouldn't be worried about asking us about Amani and mentioning us because it gives us, you know, like I said, it gives us a lot of relief to know that people haven't moved on and forgotten about her or brain cancers. Mm. Yeah, and I think, uh, you know, so that's important talking about her to sort of keep her alive for for us and for everybody else. And I think um, just continuing with her work as well. So we we still, Marnie did a lot of campaigning work with brain tumor research. Um, she was featured in a in an advert com- campaign that was on social media. Um, you know, they did a few. Uh, she she also actually um, was part of. Um, she did an interview with um, with Tom Parker, who was actually some, like somebody from a, in a boy band um, that actually had a, a, the same tumor as Amani. Um, so she was featured. She was able to do a podcast with him. So she's done a lot of work. So for us now, we do, you know, we're, we're quite keen to do, we're not as good as Amani, but we try to just still continue doing the, the legacy of, of what she was trying to do. So, you know, we've, um, she was actually awarded by the, the brain tumor research actually nominated her to be a baton bearer for the Queen's baton relay for the Commonwealth Games. Um, so she actually did find that she did find out about that news that they'd nominated her uh, five, five days before she passed away, which she was very happy about um and and she was actually accepted for that honor obviously um she's not here anymore to to to, to do it herself so her, her younger sister has ste- stepped in 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 honor of Amani and in in her memory um so that's on the 8th of July at Wardown Park um yep. so this could be the, the at, at um 5 5:12 well that's the that's the time that our little Amelia is um, going to be doing her her bit but I think it's probably between, between four and six they've got like a an, an other um, things going on there at the time but there's going to be this baton bearer being passed you know between different people but yeah Marnie's been honored, honored with, with that and uh, Malia's going to be doing that on her behalf so that's going to be you know mixed emotions I think of you know real pride but upset as well that Amani's not here to do it herself yeah and we, we you know we're always open to other offers to you know to to keep brain tumor research in, in the public eye and and everything there's i think the joint brain tumor research charity is planning to do a, a gbm which was the the actual specific um tumor that amani had um they've got a gbm awareness week in july 
Um, and I think we've got some things planning um, with them for that week as well. So, yeah, we just literally just, you know, want, want to do as much as yeah. possible. And we, we've actually also, um, as, as a family, this is why Marnie's still alive, we um, set up a fundraising group um, called Fight for Hope, um, which we, um, so people could, because a lot of people are coming to us wanting to sort of raise funds and what can we do? And, um, yeah, so we, we set that up through, and all, all the money raised goes directly to brain tumour research. Um, so, yeah, we're still sort of obviously trying to continue that. We did organise a Walk of Hope in um in Wardown Park in September, which Imani is actually, people can see it on our YouTube channel or on Instagram as well. She actually did a speech at the start line, which was just such an amazing speech, especially for somebody which was, she's six months away from passing away. I mean, she wrote mm. it all herself and she read it out at the start line. And it's just, you know, absolute perfection of what, you know, what the situation is for brain cancer patients. You know, she said, is my wife, is my life not worth saving? Basically, that was the crux of her, her message. Um, yeah, so we're, we're just, you know, wanting to just do as and much as we can. even helping other families as well. Yeah. I mean, we're in touch with a few other families, um, not just in the UK, but abroad, who heard about Amani's story and, you know, contacted us, you know, and asked us how, you know, the treatments we were using. And, you know, we try and guide them and help them, you know, navigate through this kind of uh, maze of different treatments and options and, you know, trying to be, even just an emotional support to them as well. Um, so that's how we honor yeah. Marnie as well, I think, that helping other families going through the same thing. Yeah. And there was a young local girl, um, Halima, she did, um, there was a wearer hat day with flowers that Brain Tumor Research did last week, last Friday, actually. And she kindly approached us and said that she wanted to do that. So yeah, Halima, I think she raised over 200 pounds or something. So she yeah. did really well. Um, yeah. So it's just, it's just nice that people, and actually Marnie, one of Marnie's best friends is planning to do the uh, London marathon as well in October for um, brain tumor research. So, you know, things are, we, we're not, we're not giving up. They, you know, they, they're not getting the funding as much funding. There's not parity of um, funding am amongst the different cancers. Um, so brain tumor research are, all, are on their back foot anyway um, to, to, to find a cure. So, you know, whatever we can do as families and there's lots of families, not just us sort of raising as well um, to try and help get more funding um, and we're hoping to go and see, what, um, to see one of the, their, their, their research labs as well um, in London so, um, and see actually the work they're doing. So we're looking forward to seeing that hopefully in July. Um, uh, um, I know from myself that my, uh, from next week, and I think many schools nationally um, are, are having a brain tumour um, awareness week at school where they are doing um, sponsored activities um, and, um, and the school that my children attend are actually doing a step uh, competition where how many steps can you do in five minutes and children are being asked to collect sponsors for that so they're trying and I know that um, the school is um, trying to make parents aware of this they've even attached like a link to uh, Brains uh, Tumors Research Society for us to go and find out a bit more about the charity mm -hmm. and donate so you know I think you know your story and your campaigning um has brought this to light and I think many many people nationally are aware of this now and you know in, inshallah in years to come it's not going to be something you know you'd think as you say in a, a developing country like the UK where we can advance in creating a vaccination in a year for the for the virus yeah we can find a cure for brain tumour um, uh, with the right funding and awareness of it. So um, that's that's really good. And I guess the take home message for those that are grieving and have lost anyone um, uh, is is Sadgajaria because that is what you're doing for um, Amani. She she started this campaign and she you were living it you are living it on for her and every step you are taking and every achievement you are achieving it's a reward for her inshallah so all the blessings will be going to her and you know um i i pray for her i, I hope that allah subhanahu wa blesses her with the highest abode in in, in jalla mm -hmm. and um and i really appreciate you guys coming out um and uh, talking about this and inshallah maybe um after july um i can get uh, your daughter to come on and she can talk about the the run that she did and and, and the emotions around that and how she felt doing that I think yeah. it'd be very nice if if she's willing uh, yeah. to come speak about that I think it'd be a, a very nice experience but for those that are tuned in that's something for a date to look out for in your calendar 8th of July at Wardown Park so um between yeah. four and six. six well it's after six will be done isn't it 
yeah between, from, between four and six that's when they because i think they're going to have like um other like more like a festival type feel i think the actual council are doing other stuff there sort of to to make to make the event sort of yeah. um but yeah, i think of those nice. who want to uh, be there to support Armani will need to be there no later than five yeah yeah because when she's doing her run uh, otherwise because everything will be you know go yeah. on time so I think... f- her, her, her her section is 512 um very specific and um yeah it's only 200 meters so it's, it will be gone quite quickly <laughs> so yeah thank you so much guys um just a couple of minutes before the end of the show I I leave the mic over to you guys as such mm. is you'd like to share with the listeners i mean i think for me i think you know what we've learned through this is that grief is a really personal journey for even for different members in the different in, in the family so i think we you know we just have to learn to accept that not everyone's um, will grieve in the same way and there's no necessarily right way to grieve and also uh, there's no fixed period for grieving to end especially when there's a the loss of a child this is something that you know, Yasmin and I and our family are going to take to our graves. It's not, you know, yes, uh, we may learn to grow around the grief, but the grief will never shrink, you know. And um, I think that's the important thing that, you know, that people learn, that you grieve in, in the way that you feel right. Yeah, and I hope, um, like, for, for people of Marnie's age, and not even Marnie's age, are older as well, we just learn from what happened with the Marnie that, you know, life is precious and to... Trying, you know, she had a short life, but really, you know, mashallah, she just put so much into that life and she achieved so much for hopefully for herself and her akhira. And, you know, we hope that inshallah she's been accepted amongst the amongst the shaheed. So yeah, just um, yeah, make a difference in the world, really. Positive difference, inshallah. Thank you so much, guys. I, I have really um uh, I, I don't think I could have summed it up any better there. And I think Yasmin, what you said there about the youth of today making the most of their lives and not wasting minutes and hours on silliness, make the most of it and, and, um, and thrive. And, and I think it's getting involved in charitable work like this, you know, doing something that's going to count and make a difference. And that's the take home message that I'm taking from the work that Amani did. She always tried to make a difference. And I think that's what we should pushing so inshallah i hope everything uh, you are doing you are successful in and i thank you so much guys for joining me this morning yeah, thank, oh, you thank you so much for inviting us. us thank you yeah, thank you Salam. thank you for listening to our podcast why not tune in to our live stream at inspirefm.org and follow and subscribe to our social media platforms at inspirefm luton